Blog Talk Radio. Yes, we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Again, you're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. If you would like to write us, our P.O. Box is 9786. That's Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. Again, that's P.O. Box 9786, Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. If you would like to call us for prayer, our phone number is 410-661-4103. Again, that's 410-661-4103. We would like you to get out your Bibles at this time. We're going to look at a favorite song of David. I'm sure so many of you know this particular song. As you wake up in the land of the living, we ask that You just know that the Lord is your shepherd, that you are to be grateful, and that we have woke up to praise and reverence God. Each and every day should be a day of celebration, should be a day of worship, should be a day of praises to him. We thank God for sitting high looking low. We thank God for everything he has created in his image and he has made provisions for us. Yes, he has, that we thank him for the water we drink, the food that we eat, the shelter that we have, even down to the little animals that he gives us as comfort, and also for our creation that he breathed breath into our bodies. Truly, we are his beloved. We are so blessed, and we are so grateful. I want to give a special shout-out to everyone that's listening all around the world. We just praise God, and we thank God that you have tuned in to listen to us. Yes, God has blessed us in the beginning of time that God said in this year alone to walk in expectancy. Expect your blessing. Expect your miracle. Expect your healing. Expect that job. Expect those things that God has made in his promises that he is going to do for you. Yes, he has. If God said it, it will be done. God can do anything but fail. I always said if God can't do it, it just can't be done. God bless you again. We hope that you have your Bibles out. And I want to bring special attention to Psalms 23. I was talking to my dad, Apostle Alexander Lackamy. You all could hear him on Thursday night. Um, I was trying to uh, play the last uh, sermon that he did. I don't know if I have a good uh, sound this morning, but I wanted to uh, play it for you so you could hear his preaching. But he come on Thursday. Thursday evening from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's Thursday from 7 to 8. We have other speakers that come on through the week as well as the weekend. But in this conversation with Dad, I was uh, it was so ironic that I had told him that I want to uh, bless my home or to bless certain things. And he said, well, where's your uh, blessing oil or we considered the holy oil? the oil that we consecrate or put aside when we bless babies in leadership, when we are uh, anoint or ordain others. 
and that when we pray for the sick, because the Bible says that you call for the elders and uh, they will lay hands, and, of course, we will anoint them with oil for their healing. So I told them, I said, I don't have any oil because I gave it out. Um, I took it with me when I went to Jamaica. And the funniest thing <laughs> happened, uh, I ran out of oil, <laughs> and then um, I was talking to the apostle there in Jamaica as well as my dad, and they reminded me of something that was so profound. And I want to uh, say to you as well, if you look at your Bibles, and if you pay special attention to verse 5, we're looking at Psalms chapter 23, verses 5. It says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. i say it again that God prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoint our head with oil, our cup runneth over. Oh, hallelujah. It says that if you look at a thing for this, that God is seen as a caring shepherd. He is a pastor. He's dependable. He guides us. And as long as we follow God and obey his words, his commandments, that he will show us favor, give us hope that we can have eternal life. But the main thing is that he give us security now. I'll say it again, that God gives us security now. Oh, hallelujah. So in talking to my godfather and the pastor in Jamaica, they reminded me that we are anointed with oil. Now listen to this. This is so profound. So if I'm anointed with oil, according to the word of God, which is true, that why do I need oil as an outward demonstration? Because I remember now I ran out of oil to anoint uh, those situations that I wanted to bless. And so Apostle Lockamy said that you uh, you have the oil inside of you because the word said that your cup runneth over. Uh, Apostle Mears in Jamaica say that you have the oil. And when I thought about it as a title, that we are anointed with oil already because we have accepted Christ, that he is our Lord, and he is um, our salvation for eternal life. So because we have accepted the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and that we have received that gift of the Holy Spirit by evidence of talking in tongue, we have accepted that Holy Spirit that he left for us as a comforter. So therefore, the oil according to the word of God, that from my head down to my toe, that I'm anointed with oil. And my cup runneth over, so there is an overflow. So my godfather said, well, when you want to bless your house, lay hands, because the oil is all inside of you so that you could uh, anoint that home yourself because you got the oil inside of you. You don't need the physical body of oil that you might buy from a store 
or that you may uh, get from various a church or synagogue that you run out. But once you are anointed with the oil, the oil is inside of you. You now are anointed with oil. So he said, lay hands on that on your house, the things you want to bless. Lay hands on that little baby and say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lay hands on the sick and say that you are healed. And I believe that God is going to give you a turnaround. When you pray for others, believe that the oil is overflowing in you, beloved. It says here that God prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Here it is. He anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows or my cup runneth over. So you are anointed with oil. Through your faith, there's an activation of God's grace and his mercy and his promises and his words that you are anointed. Yes, you can intercede. Yes, you can pray for others. Yes, you come as a blessing. Yes, you are anointed with oil. When you are anointed with oil, that means that you are called to the ministry of reconciliation to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Because you are anointed with oil that you carry healing, miracle signs and wonders that overflow in you because there's an operation that God has anointed you with his oil. Let's look at this thing now. Why is the oil so important? It is so profound because my pastors, my friends, they had to remind me that there's an overflow of oil inside of me. So I thought about this thing. I said, you're right, because in Exodus 30, 30 to 32, God used oil to anoint Aaron. He told Moses to anoint Aaron and his sons. So they were set aside for ministry. Uh Uh-oh, good God Almighty. Do you see it? That we are anointed with oil through our faith and the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, that we are set aside now for his purpose, that we are called to be used for the glory of God and as a minister, not only of reconciliation, but a minister of demonstration of power because we have the oil that's overflowing inside of us. So what's so special about the oil? God told Moses to use the oil, let it run from his head, his beard all the way down. Well, the oil signifies prosperity. That means that you can pray for someone to be prosperous and believe it by faith in agreement of two, that if two would touch and agree, we can say to any mountain, be thy removed. So we can pray for that job. We can pray for that prosperity. We can pray for that overflow. As we pray, remember now, the oil signifies blessing. You can stand in agreement with your brother or your sister, even with your enemy, that things will turn around, that they will be prosperous in the Lord. Oil also is used as a blessing, that the priest blessed the babies. With the, with the oil, 
that it signifies that it is a special significance that God has blessed the oil in the land. Hey, hallelujah, to be a blessing. And it signifies the stability of Israel history that throughout time the oil was used all through the Bible of importance. So when we see the oil, we also can remember that this oil anointed the body of Jesus Christ when he was buried. Don't you know that pure olive oil, I'll say it again, pure olive oil, not only is it holy, but it is a, a preservative that people use, especially during that time, in mummifications to anoint those bodies so they wouldn't decay as bad, it wouldn't rot as bad, and it will uh, anoint it in such a way that it preserves some parts of that body of those bones. But it was that holy or anointing that was added as a purification for Christ. The oil is powerful. And also that when you look at this part of that anointing oil, that it could be used as a cleanser. Some people use it as a medicine. Some people use it as a lotion or an oil uh, that has natural ingredients for medicines. Do you know that even in the usage of that holy oil, that it is so powerful that all through the Bibles that it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit? Yes, the oil that God has instructed the elders to use is what we anoint in consecration of the Holy Spirit, just as the dove and the fire and oil and the wind and water, that even the dove is shown as a sign of baptism. And the reason I brought the dove up, because do you remember when Jesus was getting baptized, the dove flew, a white dove, to describe the baptism of Christ, that this is his beloved? So when you see that oil, that we know that it is a consecration as we saw in Psalms 23 and 5, that God has anointed us with oil. It overflows to show an outward demonstration that inwardly that we are blessed, that inwardly that we have been liberated through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and that now we are the light of the lamp into the world because of that consecration now, that those who are saved, that you are used as importance in the body of Christ to represent the power and the spirit of God, that because that we have that inward dwelling of the Holy Spirit, the outward demonstration of his power, that we are consecrated through the miraculous that the oil is overflowing and running through our body. Hey, hallelujah. That it is a metaphor that we are acting in the body of Christ as his ambassador and that we are valued through the comfort of for man, 
and of the healing, that frankincense, myrrh, and spikenard, they are also valued in the times with that olive oil that is pure unto God. Then why is that oil so sacred? Because it has cleansing properties. Did you know that pure oil, that not only when it's pure like that, but it shows that it can do the miraculous? This is why you see priests get the oil and they consecrate elders and bless them unto the Lord as an outward demonstration that the oil is being poured or anointed to them that they are disciples. It's a representation that the Holy Spirit will be activated more in their life that these are the objects that God uses all through time that God used miracle signs and wonders up until this day that God does not change. And what he has done in the old, he's doing in the new. And that God, heavenly present, comes to us, not only through that Holy Spirit that's inside of us, but then the representation that we are anointed with oil, that we have been set aside. Don't you know, beloved, that you are set aside to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ? Don't you know that you are called, that you are holy, that you have been consecrated because it says that you, uh, that God prepare a table for you and that you are anointed with oil and it overflows? Oh, hallelujah. As a believer, it's Christ, that this symbolicness of that oil now is inside of you, is is consecrated inside of you, and that all through that, that you now have the responsibility to be that disciple, to be that light to the world, to be that hope to mankind, that you are a blessed creature. Yes, you are. You are a blessed servant of God. When you have accepted Christ and you really push hard to the mark, and you try to read that Bible and follow his commandment and live according to those scriptures, that you get yourself closer, closer to God, and that it overflows in you the oil, the consecration, the faith of your belief in Christ, that now you too are a keeper of God's word and that God is using you to use it as an opportunity to be of service to him, that you yourself have faith, beloved, that you can pray for the sick and they get healed. Have faith that you are ambassador of Jesus Christ. Have faith that there is a call on your life once you accept that Christ, all of us, have a responsibility to evangelize. Hey, hallelujah. All of us. You know, even when you saw that at the home of Simon, of Simon with the leaper, that this woman came in with an alabaster box, and her alabaster box was that expensive perfume, but it was made out of pure nard of oil, that even with that, that oil was even used as a preservant, even in the perfume of the alabaster box, that this 
substance has been identified all through the Bible that it can be used inside of us as an atonement for those to know that Christ is the repair of the breach and that he is the lifeblood for all of us. And now we are linked up to him because an overflow of that Holy Spirit and blessing is inside of us because our faith has been activated by accepting Christ. That now we have that anointed oil dripped in us. Beloved, it's so very important as I end out this morning that whatever you do, that when you have accepted death, burial, and resurrection, there's so many benefits that not only, as a songwriter Jeff Major said, and that was our disclaimer that music belonged to that artist, but he was so profound that says that that my head is anointed with oil, my cup runneth over. Yes, it is. Walk in faith and love. Walk in mercy and God's grace and to know that you are his beloved and there is a call on all of our lives that we all are important to the body of Christ. Do not condemn yourself and damage the anointing that's on yourself by being rude and nasty and cursing and foul and discrediting and turn down your brother. Because the Bible says that we're supposed to exalt, edify, and encourage. The Bible says that we're supposed to treat others the way we want to be treated. The Bible says that we are to not only live in peace and harmony with our neighbors, but treat our neighbors as ourselves. The oil, beloved, is inside of you. The holiness of God is inside of you. The favor of the great I am is inside of you. You are anointed with oil, and it overflows in you. You have power, and you do not want to mess up that oil of salvation through the demonstration of uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection by making it a curse and not a blessing. Do not curse yourselves because you have been anointed by faith to be saved, and now you carry the oil, the oil of God. So I would encourage you today, as always, sanctify yourself. Keep yourself set aside and to walk with power and the demonstration that the oil is inside of you. Yes, believe that you are anointed and you are appointed. Even through church, they use the oil as not only being holy, but it also shows strength. It shows dedication to God, and it also says that we call by the miraculous to be that anointed one that he will use through consecration to be delight unto the world. God bless you. This is a wrap-up of Psalms 23, and the meaning of my head is anointed with oil. Again, you can listen to the fivefold ministry six days a week. Monday through Fridays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, right at the time you come in from your work and you relax, ready for that dinner or to exhale or unwind, listen to us. We have some awesome preachers through the week, and we also have some great speakers. Remember now, 
The oil is inside of you. And we thank God that he has given us that alabaster box of pure oil, sweet fragrance of blessing, even through that demonstration that it overflows. That when you listen to us Monday through Friday as well as on the weekend, to know that we come to bring the word, to expound the word, we come to lift you up in the word and to know that you are special. We thank you so much that we will attempt. I'm not really sure because um, I wanted to play my Godfather this morning. I wanted to uh, to just enjoy uh, the worship, just enjoy in listening to the word through my Godfather. He comes in on Thursday, and we would like you to. Uh, Enjoy listening to him on Thursday, that he's there from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And we would like you to just sit back and enjoy it. And that's Apostle Lakami. Truly, he's a man of God, and we want to encourage you, as always, to listen to us Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. And do uh, tune in to us as we have our musical concert through the week. And we also uh, have our speakers as well. God bless you again. Thank you for listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. As always, uh, we will be here Monday through Fridays, and we will attempt <laughs> As I said, we will attempt to play uh, my godfather this morning. I'm not really sure because um, we have a new sound system, so I have to get familiar with that. But until then, God bless you again, and we hope that you can hear this awesome man of God. He'll be on on Thursday. Remember now, this is the Fivefold Ministry broadcast, and that you carry the oil inside of you because you are special and beloved to God. God bless you again as we sit back and listen to Jeff Majors before we try to listen to the the word uh, through Apostle Lockamy. God bless you. Let us get ready now as we try to hear um, our speaker for today, Apostle Lakami. Um, hopefully this will be worked out this week, our sound system. But either way, we want to uh, say do listen to us, and God bless you again as we enjoy the word of God. Uh, even tomorrow on this radio station, tell a neighbor, tell a friend to dial 319 Six zero three six again. That's three one nine five two seven six zero three six. That's Monday through Fridays from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Sunday mornings from eight thirty to ten, 
And thank you as we try and attempt to listen to Apostle Lockamy, who said that the oil is inside of us. Amen.
walking by faith. Now, we, we always talk about walking by faith, but it's see we want to add the feelings in there. Walking by faith and not by your feeling. <clears throat> Many Christians this afternoon are walking by their feeling, and they're not walking by their faith. And that's the reason that they are no further down the road. That might be the reason that you're no further down the road than what you are, because you're walking by your feelings. Feelings and emotions and affect their changes. They like the wind. One, 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 one day you feel all right, and the next day you don't feel all right. Well, that's not faith. Those are feelings uh, that are not of God. They are feelings of flesh. Remember, you got there's a there's a there's a fleshly feeling, and then there's a faithful feeling. One thing to walk by faith in the flesh, that's the worldly thing. You know that every day, the eyes, the nose, the smell, the taste, the hearing, the feeling. You know, the Bible says the love of the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Those are worldly things, and those things are limited by emotions. But they're they're triggered by feeling. They're triggered by what somebody say. But but the judge shall walk by faith. Abaka said that in Abaka two and four. Read Abaka made the statement was because the children of Israel was in bondage uh, by an ungodly ruling king, and Abaka could not understand how that God would take evil to correct evil. See, the children of Israel were doing evil. They had sinned against God. They had started serving idols. They had stopped keeping the commandments of God. They had just truly backslid. They had got so bad that God had to let another nation come in, another king, an evil king, an evil nation, come in and treat them cruel, treat them bad. And Abaka like, wait a minute, I do not understand this God. Now I know, I know my my family was evil, the children, my my brothers and sisters. I know that they were evil and they won't keep your commandment. Well, how are you gonna come in and take evil and correct evil? Well, we don't question God way of doing things. God knows what He's doing. And God don't make mistakes. Sometimes God allow God. So we're human beings. We're people. He can't come beat us with a switch. And you know, like we do our children, we chat out our children with the rod. He can't beat us with a switch. This is a spiritual thing. So God had to use circumstance. Sometimes He used sickness. Sometimes He used poverty. Uh huh. Sometimes He allowed things to occur in your life to get your attention. He told Jezebel that if she didn't stop her men, he would put her on the bed of affliction. Sometimes God allows sickness to come and to correct us. David said before I sinned it, David said before I David said before I was afflicted, I went astray. Other words, David understood he messed up. And after he messed up, affliction came upon him. He said before he was afflicted, he went astray. So a lot of times we don't look back and see what we error. We don't see what we've done. So God allows circumstances in this case. He allowed an evil king to come in, an evil nation, and take the children of Israel in the bondage. And they wanted to, they wanted to give up. They were looking at the circumstance. They were, God kept telling them he's going to deliver them. God kept telling them he's going to bring them out. God kept telling them he's going to come a leader, going to send somebody in, uh, send a, a leader, a judge in to bring them out. But it looked like God would take them forever, and they were losing their faith. So God had to tell them, quit looking at your feelings. The king was evil. What the king was doing to them was evil, and it, it was, you know, the, the, the task map on them was hard, and, 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 and the chores they were doing was hard, and, 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 the, and the nation just made it bad on them. And they were losing their faith. They were losing their hope. But God had to encourage. He said, Nabaka, to tell them, you can't be led by what you see. 
Sometimes it don't look like your marriage going to get no better, even though prayer been prayed. So since it don't look like you're going to get no better, you're going to pack up and leave. No, no. You stay right there. You stay right there. If you don't pray and you want your marriage to work with your husband, with your wife, you stay right where you are. Be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What we did, we failed to be steadfast. We start looking at the situation. We start looking at the circumstance. Otherwise, we start looking at the husband. After a while, uh, it don't look like he's going to do no better. It don't look like she's going to do no better. And for that reason, we start getting in our feelings. We start saying things that we know we ought not say. Saying offensive things. Saying abusive things. You know, saying things where, well, you know, we're going to marriage counseling. And you know that the marriage counseling is there to help you, to try to encourage you to stay, stay with them. But you're going to start talking about, well, I'm going to go, but it ain't going to do no good. Well, see, that's doubt right there. You already walking in doubt, and you ain't even got to the marriage council yet. Talking about it ain't gonna work, and, and, and then when you leave and come back and it don't work, you want to blame the marriage council when it's really your fault because you said before you got there that it ain't gonna work. Faith does not talk like that. And faith said it is gonna work. Faith looks for hope. Faith looks for for it to become better, not worse. So God was encouraging the children of Israel that you gotta walk by faith and not by your feelings. What do you live by? Must I ask a question this evening to the radio? Because I'm going to make you part of the message this evening. I ask you questions. You ain't got to ask them. But ask yourself a question. When I ask you the question, answer to yourself. What are you live by? Are you live by God? Are you walking by faith? Do you not know the moment you become born again and become a Christian, you are not in the law no more? You're not in the natural no more? You have been shifted into the spiritual. You are now a child of God. You have now been born again. You have now been bought with a prize. You've been washed by the word of the word. You are chosen vessels. You're not your own. You belong to Jesus. You've got a new mindset. <laughs> You've got a new guide. You've got a new director. You've got a new instructor. You've got a new spirit on the inside of you. You don't have that damaged nature, that damaged spirit in you from Adam in the Garden of Eden. But you got a you got a new spirit in you. You got the Christ like spirit in you now. You got the spirit of Christ in you now. Not the spirit of Adam, but the spirit of Christ. Not the spirit of the law, but the spirit of grace. So you are totally a different person. So you gotta act like what you are. You can't be a Christian walking in the law. You can't be a Christian thinking about the law. You can't be a Christian controlled by the law. You can't be a Christian and walking by the course of this world and this world ideal. Because the world say do one thing, but God say do another. So as a Christian, you can't satisfy the world just because it's a feeling. You don't want them to feel like that you're not going along. You're not supposed to go along if it's wrong. You're not supposed to be with the clique if it's wrong. You're not supposed to be in that crowd if it's wrong. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And if it's wrong, then you have a right not to be a part of it. What 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 directs your decision? I just asked you what led you. I see one thing to be led, but it's another thing to make a decision after you led. What leading you? What are leading you? What is leading? Because you ever gonna grow? If you will ever be what God would have you to be, you got your decision must be spiritual. It must be God like. God must be leading your spirit. God must be leading your directing your decision through the power of the Holy Ghost or you will never accomplish what God will have you to do. 
Remember, you've been bought with a price. You belong to God now. So everything you do now had to be Godward. It got to be spiritual. That's why the Word of God says, and all thy ways acknowledge God, and he shall direct your path. Uh-huh. He needs to acknowledge your wife. He needs to acknowledge your husband. He needs to acknowledge your job. He needs to acknowledge your, your money. He needs to acknowledge your feelings. Because feelings are deceitful. Feelings will mislead you. Feeling will have you going in the wrong direction. And you have to be confident in your feelings, even when it doesn't feel like that your feelings are taking you the right way of God leading you, but you've got to follow it anyway. Now, the people were saying to themselves when they fussed at Moses, they could not understand that when Moses brought them out of Egypt, they was all in their feelings. They were excited. Oh, they were happy that Moses was set them. They were happy that God was setting them, free through, uh, setting them free through Moses. And they followed Moses all the way to the river, all the way to the sea. And they were just as happy as they could be. But when they got to the sea, then that same people without their excited feeling got rebellious. Talking about stoning, talking about killing, talking about they went there and stayed in Egypt, doubting Moses, doubting that God was leading him now. Now they're all in their feelings, all in their emotions. Tell me, well, better to be back there in Egypt eating cucumbers. And they knew in Egypt they were getting their back beat. They knew in Egypt that the taskmaster was heavy on them with rigged work. I mean, it, it, I mean, they had tears in their eyes. The work was so hard until while they were working, the taskmaster would beat them all day. And you have the audacity and the nerve to say that you'd rather be back there than to follow the Lord and what God leading you just because you run up against a wall? <laughs> just because they ran up against a wall, now they're going to lose faith? And start getting in their feeling. And here it was. Come why he see Moses could have led them to the north, south, east, but he, he led them to the west. They like he could have led us three different directions. He knew the river was over here. Why would he lead us to the river? Why did he lead us over here to this ocean, to this river, where he knew there were three other directions? We could have went through the city, so we got some honey buns, and maybe got some treat meat or some spam or got some oodles and noodles or something. He led us out here in the winter where there ain't no food. And then here is a river out here, and here is Pharaoh behind us, fit to kill us. What was Moses thinking? Well, Moses wasn't thinking anything. He was just doing what the Holy Spirit told him. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, it ain't about thinking. It ain't about what you think. God told him to go that way, and that's the way he went. But what they did not know, that God is at work a miracle. See, baby, when God leads you, he's leading you into a miracle. He's leading you into your breakthrough. Oh, my God. He's leading you into your victory. And it looked like to you, he's leading you, you against a brick wall. It looked like to you that God don't know what he's talking about. Well, God's going to tell me to stay with this man. If God told you to stay with him, God is fit to deliver him, baby. If God told you to stay with her, he's fit to deliver him. When God tells you to stay somewhere, that's because deliverance is on the way. And now here they get with all that complaining and all that fussing. They fuss and complain so bad, the Moses started losing his joy. He down there was crying on the ground down there. And God told him to get up. To get up, Moses. What's that in your hand? He wiped his eyes. Lord, it's a stick. Well, you wouldn't take that stick. Did I tell you I put power in that stick? Take that stick. And stretch that stick, that, that stick out over the water. And tell the children of Israel, people that you see today, you won't see them no more. See, this wasn't no feeling, it was faith. And by faith, he took that he took that stick and stuck it out over the ocean and told the people, the army, the pharaoh, the people they see today, they won't go see them no more. And you know the story. God carried them across from dry ground and drowned Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. 
you got to realize that God don't make some mistake when you follow him in the spirit. Because he knows where to take you. He knows what he's doing. You may feel like that he's not taking you in the direct, that right direction. You may feel like uh, that he's misleading you. Now, I used to have the most trouble out of GPS when they first came out. Because I thought them GPS was malfunctioning. Because I used one one day, and that thing got me all mixed up and got me all lost out there. And I just decided I just won't follow that GPS because it was, it, was, it, was, it was defective, and the people who made it didn't know it. But I found out later on it wasn't the GPS, it was me. I, the one, was Aaron, not the GPS. See, I was, when the GPS to make a turn on the next street, that's what I did. The next street popped up. I turned on that street. And then it said reroute. I was like, you just told me to turn on that street. Now, why you want to tell me to reroute? Well, I didn't understand. He said turn on Matthew Street. Well, the next street was John Street. But I just turned because he said turn on the street. He said turn right on the next street. Well, he was talking, oh, which is Matthew Street. But I turned on John Street. And now I got to be rerouted. I kept doing that till I realized later on what the problem was. The problem was I wasn't paying attention because just so he said turn right doesn't mean it was the next street coming. I had to listen to what the GPS said. It said turn right on Robinson Street. Well, you keep on going to Robinson Street, then you turn on Robinson Street, you're going to be on the correct street. But if you turn before you get to Robinson Street, then you've got to reroute because you don't turn on the wrong street. So the GPS kept taking me out on 40 and back off of 40. Out on 40 and I'm going around in a circle. I'm like, what is going on? Then I noticed that the street I turned on was not the street that the GPS was telling me. So I had a problem with that GPS. I mean, because I just felt like that, you know, hey, this is wrong. It's like, the one night about midnight, me and my wife would have a business, a cleaning business, and we had got through around about 1230 that night. So I decided that I would go to back with home, and I used the GPS. And the GPS carried us to places that I've never seen in all my life. Tuesday at midnight, about 1 o'clock at night, and I'm so glad it was raining. But I'm so glad that the truck didn't knock off and we didn't have no flat tire because we was out in Bonnie Dune. We were out of nowhere. And I was like, you know what? My wife told me, baby, just follow the GPS. Because she saw me looking. Up. She saw that I was getting a little upset and I was getting a little comfort. And I was complaining about where are we at? We need to turn around. She said, no, we don't need to turn around. She said, just follow. She said, I know you feel like this is what she said. I know you feel like the GPS is leading us in the wrong direction, but what else we got to go by? Let's follow the GPS. Isn't that something? Isn't that like God? What else you got to go by? What did God tell Peter? He said, Peter, cast the net on the other side. Peter said, Lord, I done fished all night, but he said, I know you have. And I don't fish on that side, too. The Lord said, I know you have, Peter, but cast the net over there again. And Peter said, not in my word, but according to your word. Sometimes, baby, you got to get out of your feelings, and you got to do what the Lord say do, and don't worry about how it feels. But why I said, get out of my feelings, she said, follow the GPS. And that GPS curves with all the back roads I ain't never seen before, but I declare it brought me right out of my neighborhood. I was amazed. Even in the rain, it was raining and lightning, and it brought me right out to the neighborhood, right where I was. It didn't bring me out in some lost place. It brought me right in, 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 in an area that I was familiar with. And I got to say to myself, I kind of smiled to myself. I didn't say that to my wife. A lot of her, she tell me, she said, would you follow the GPS? 
Because she know me. I do get all in seven. I said, hey, this thing ain't going. She said, just follow it. It was just a few days ago we were going somewhere, and, and I got to complain about, I said, that ain't the right way. She said, just follow it. And I followed it, and it brought us home. We was at Myrtle Beach, and it would carry me away that I had one familiar with. And I told her that it is wrong. So you got to follow the Lord with your faith. Because if you follow me, you'll feel it. You ain't going to have no marriage. You ain't going to have no job. You ain't going to have no wellness. You're going to end up struggling with, with life circumstances. Because God don't leave you in your feelings. He don't leave you by the five senses. He leads you by faith because he knows what he's doing. The judge shall live by faith. In other words, sometimes what you're going through may not be over tomorrow, but keep on trusting the Lord. Keep on walking by faith. Keep on believing that he is going to bring you up. I've been serving God over for around 40-some years. And can I tell you, if I will put on the, on, 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 uh, put on the stand, and I was sworn in to tell the truth and hold the truth, and nothing but the truth will help you, God. I will tell you that God doesn't make no mistake. God will not mislead you. God will not tell you to go somewhere and get you lost. God will not lead you in the wrong direction. God will not lead you in the wrong place. God will not leave you, abandon you, when you're in need of it. help. I will sit on the stand and tell everybody, as a witness that I got it back. He don't need me to have it back, but if I were a witness, I would declare to you that God never failed. And you'd have a song I said, God never failed. God will never fail you. God will never let you down. God will never mislead you, listen to you. If you got married and you married the wrong one, that won't God. If you married the wrong husband, that won't God. If you married the wrong wife, that won't God. If you ended up on the wrong job, that won't God because you didn't acknowledge him. You hear me? You didn't acknowledge I've been married for over 42 years. But I told God on the day we got ready to get married, I said, God, if this ain't the woman, let me know. Now, I know it would be a hurtful thing, but if this ain't her, God, I want to know. Now, stop this thing right now. But if it is you, Lord, I want you to bless it. I want you to put your hand on it. I want you to honor it. And he did. Because it was his will for me to marry. And we've been married over 40 some years, going on 43 years. And I love her today, and she loves me. And I want you to know the Bible says we have a God joint together. Let no man put asunder. You don't marry no man because he look good. You don't marry a man because he got a pocketbook full of money. That he's like an honest Schwarzenegger or a Billy D. Williams. You don't marry no man because he helps it. You don't marry no man because he can speak well. Or he got some three or four businesses in a nice car. You married a man because you L-O-V-E. You love him. I ask people when I'm doing marriage counseling, and they come to my office and we sit down and talk, first thing I ask him and ask her is, do you love one another? If you don't love one another, we're going to hear this thing right now because I'm not going to marry two people that don't love one another. I'm not going to marry you just because he, he's wealthy and, 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 and he, he's a nice person and, and we think we can get along. No, I'm not responsible because when I join someone together, when I marry people, it's my intention and by the grace of God that they would stay married for the rest of their lives until the day they die. And that they would present that marriage to God on the day of death. Amen. I, I believe, I, I'm old school. I believe that we have a God joined together. Let no man put that asunder. So we talk a little again about uh, uh, who, 
who 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 making your decision? Who who your, your actions? Who controlling your actions? Are you walking by faith in your actions, or you're walking by the flesh? Is God leading you in your actions? For the just shall live by faith. That means trusting in God. Are you trusting in God in the actions you make? You say what you want to say when you get to say it. Curse when you want to curse. Use profanity when you want to use profanity. Use hard words when you want to use hard words. Or are you been led by the Spirit? Are you been led by faith? That for us to be gentle, that tenderhearted, and affectionate one to another. You should be good to your wife. You should be gentle to your wife. You should be kind to your wife. You should use meekness with your wife. You should be tenderhearted with your wife. And likewise, wife with your husband. Marriage is the next thing to heaven. And you should be nice to one another. And you should be led by faith even in the home. You got to walk by faith with your marriage. You got to walk by faith with your children. Let the children see you trusting the Lord. Then they'll grow up trusting the Lord. Not when time gets bad and then you, you want to turn and, and take matters in your own hand. you got to trust God. And you got to trust him completely every day of your life. Because sometimes when he leads you, it may look like he's leading you in the wrong direction. But you got to know that God don't make no mistakes. It reminds me of, 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 of a compass. It reminds me of, 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 of a pilot. And he had that compass. He had that navigation system. And he's up there flying in the air where there's no stop sign. There's no stoplights. There's no crossroads. Uh-huh. There's no streets up here for him to go by. Only thing he's going by is his navigation system. He got something called a horizon line. And on that horizon line, middle way of it is an airplane. And the airplane, the part of the airplane it is to direct him show him how he's driving. And, and if he's flying level, the airplane will be level with the line. Each wing of the airplane will be level with the line. If he's flying sideways, then the, then the, then the wings on that line would be sideways. They'd be up and down, letting him know whether left or right. Whichever way he's flying, that's the way it will show him on that line. If he's diving, it will show him that he's diving. If he's going up in the air ascending, it will let him know that he ascended. That's what the horizon line is for. And he has nothing else to trust but that. If that pilot lose control and lose trust and lose faith in that in, in that navigation system, he's a dead man and everybody on board with him gonna be dead because he's gonna crash that plane because he's gonna be go by his feeling. He can't be led by his feeling. It's going to be thundering. It's going to be lightning. He's going to run into Toma. He's going to run into, uh, into Termin uh, 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 while he's up there. He's going to run, he's going to run into, into, into harsh winds, Termin while he's up there. But he can't trust that. He can't say that the plane is diving. If that line said the plane ain't diving, then he cannot be pulling the plane up. If the, if the line doesn't say the plane is ascended, he can't be trying to bring the plane down. If he get in his feeling, he's going to crash that plane because he has nothing to go by but that horizon line. He's blind. He's flying blind. He's flying only according to that line. He's been taught that in the navigation class. he got to trust that navigation system or he's a dead man. So it is with God. you got to trust God even when it feel like. See, like sometimes while you're up, up the flying, it's going to feel like that, that plane is taking a dive. The other time, it's going to feel like the, the plane is ascending up, up, up. 
trying to come and make me cheat on my wife or make my wife cheat on me. I bind it up in the name of it and cast into the bliss. And I declare, baby, God will do good there. God will honor your prayer. But you got to pray. You can't be, be sitting around and letting these old crazy spirits come at the home. These old crazy spirits get all in your head and have you walking in the flesh and not by faith. Huh? Oh, my. And what about your word? Are we getting there? Who's controlling your word? Who's controlling your thoughts? Because your word is going to make you think. Your word is going to have thoughts in you. If your word ain't right, your thoughts ain't going to be right. Who's controlling your words? Who's controlling your thoughts? Is it God or is it the devil or is it the flesh? God wants to control your word. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to start thinking positive. Quit thinking negative. Quit getting up and talking about another day, another dollar. Oh, yeah, yeah, just another day and another dollar. This is the way the poor man holler. That ain't no word of a Christian. We said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. As believers, we call we are called to live by faith. Yep, but yet so many of us choose to live by something else, our feelings. We've been called from the day we got born again. We were called to live by faith and not by faith. Feelings going to come. They're supposed to come. You can't stop feelings from coming. Say, God, you think because you feel that, you said it. You were not sinning because the feeling came to you. Uh-huh. You were not sinning because the feeling came to you. But you sin it when you yield to the feeling. You can't stop a bird. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But I often say if you put a nest in your hair, then it's your fault. You called that to happen. Our feelings make decisions because it simply felt right. Have you ever made a decision just because it felt right? It felt like that was the right thing to do? No spiritual, no biblical guidance. You just made that decision and didn't have no guideline, no, 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 no structure, direction for that feeling? Have you ever said something because it felt like the perfect moment? I know I have. When I became a believer, I lived fully by, I lived by my feelings because I had no direction in the Word of God. I got saved, but I hadn't read the Bible to know what the Bible had said. So I, a lot of my, my feelings was informed uh, by my, my, my reaction. I, and I was directed by every step. Everything I did, it was by feeling because I felt like if I felt like I was saved, I was saved. But I didn't feel like I was saved. I didn't feel like I was saved. Because many times Satan tried to make me feel like I wasn't saved. Because I did not know that it was based on the fact that you're saved not by your feelings. You're saved by faith. You're saved by grace. And it don't matter if you do wake up in the morning feeling like you're a sinner, feeling like you ain't saved, you still saved. I don't care if you do wake up in the morning feeling like you done backslid, feeling like you done done something wrong, you still saved. Satan gets in your feelings to deceive you. They make you feel like you ain't no Christian. Don't you know if you're a Christian, you'll feel like you're a Christian. Being a Christian has nothing to do with feeling, baby. Being a Christian has nothing to do with faith. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. If you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you've been born again. You've been born with a power. You have a blood-washed Christian. And you can't let your feelings deceive you and have you going in the wrong direction. See, and especially in leadership. Leaders, you can't be led by your feelings. 
You can't be living when God directs you. You got to do what God told you to do. You can't listen to something that the members say because they come and tell you and pass you out to not do it this way or you ought to do it that way. I know you said the Lord said it. Wait a minute. Listen to what they said now. You done told them the Lord told you to do it, and this is their statement. I know that you said that the Lord told you to do that, and I ain't questioning what the Lord said, but this is what I do. Now, what did that sound like to you? They just told you out of their own mouth that they ain't questioning what the Lord told you to do, but if it was them. If this was them, what do you mean if it was them? God done told you what to do, and they're going to tell you if it was them, I'd do it this way. So in other words, they said that they believed in what you said that God told you, but yet they see another way of doing it. How are you going to do something different than what the Lord said? And then you get caught up in your feeling, and they say, no, you done made a mess. Ain't that what happened to Saul? Did he make a mess? God told him to kill everything. Kill the mom, the dad, the children, the babies, everything in it. Kill everything. Let nothing live. But he got it and sealed it because of the people. Then he told him that he had a nerve to kill seven said the people. The people. I done told you to kill everything. And you're going to come back and tell me that the people said, don't kill this and don't kill that and don't kill that. When God has told you something to do, you got to do what the, the Lord said, not what the members say. You got to build the way God's ain't built, build it where God's ain't built, build it how God paid you to put the amount of money God's ain't put in. It ain't what the members say. But I think that's too expensive. I think we don't need to do that right now. That is too much. No trustees. Your job is to listen to your pastor. I'm talking to all the trustees now that is in the church. Honor your leader. Your, your, listen, let me share something, clear something up so, so you get, so you understand where you stand at. That money ain't yours. That money in that treasure is not yours. You will not put over that money to control that money. You will put over that money to make sure that money is counted right, to make sure that money is not is not is not uh, uh, spent in the wrong way. You go to put over that money to make sure that money is, is accounted for. Now, whenever God uses your pastor to tell him to build something, it ain't for you to tell him no. It ain't for you to get on and a, and a meet and vote to see whether or not you're going to get the pastor the money to build the church that God told him to build. It's a pastor's responsibility to use that money to, or to do what the Lord says. It's your responsibility to just make sure that it is it, correct, it's uh, counted and, and, and accounted for. It ain't your job to control the money and build what you want to build when you get rid of bill and tell the pastor, no, you can't build nothing because we, we that's too much. Because the pastor's not living, by, the pastor's not looking at the money. The pastor knows how much money it is. He's not looking at the money. He's looking at God. For the judge to live by the faith. The pastor live by faith. And the pastor's walking by. Pastor know that God gonna give him more money. We are pastors. We know if we spend the money, God gonna give some more money. We already know that. We ain't trusting in no money. I ain't trusting the money they got in that treasure. I am not trusting none of that money they got in that treasure. I'm trusting into the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. My trust is in God. My trust is in God. Yes, in God. Because God told us what to do. He directs us. He tells us what to do. And we have to obey him and do what he said do. And sometimes we we have to have control of the finance in order to do that. God said, put 50000 you want to give me 10000 You can't build enough for 50000 and God said 50000 you said 10000 So we have to realize that we got to do it God's way. And you got to let God lead you. Uh, you got to follow your path by faith and not by feeling. 
Because feeling is deceitful. Feeling will mislead you. Feeling will have you going in the wrong direction. Ain't that what happened to Ain't that what happened to Sarah? She got caught up in her feeling. Yes, she did. She got caught up in her feeling and left around and gave her husband to somebody, and now she's all mad. She all mad because she made the decision. She didn't want to tell him to go be with her, to be with her husband. And now she's all mad because now that the woman has been with her husband, she disrespected her. She don't want to listen to her no more. And she want to do things that she want to do. Our path, if the pathway wasn't accomplished by a nice feeling, it wasn't the one I took. If I didn't feel like that it was right, then I didn't go that way. I realized later on that it was, I walked in I walked in itself and, and not in the presence of the Lord. Because when you start walking in the flesh, you're going to start walking in disobedience, and you're going to mess up every time. Now, Surely as I became a believer, I said I still live by my feelings rather than my faith. I doubted my salvation because it didn't feel like real. I struggled to believe that God still loved me when I when I sinned. I, I I didn't feel His love. I also gave it to temptation uh, to sin because it felt better than obedience. My my worship time was completely regulated by my feelings as well. If I felt near to God, then I had worship. Then I had worship effectively and rightly. Have you ever been that way, feeling? You feel like that sinning was, uh, sinning was, you knew it was wrong, but it seemed like the best thing to do. It seemed like it satisfied the desire, that feeling. Then when you sinned it like that, the desire went away. But it was nobody but Satan. Do you live by your feeling? Do you live in a similar way that I did? If so, we need to consider what God's word had to say about our feelings and what living by faith actually looked like. You can't, you can't trust your feelings. Your feelings, hear me, your feelings can't be trusted. Let's start right there. Your feelings cannot be trusted. They will deceive you every time. The Bible is quick to tell us that our feelings, our heart is more accurately, can't be trusted. Don't at no time. Bible to put no trust in the flesh. Your feeling will deceive you. You know, the feeling will tell you, it's okay. A different stroke for different folks. It's your thing, baby. Do what you want to do. If you feel like that, God understands. God knows that he's a married man, and God knows that you and him in love one another. God understands. God, no, no, baby, God don't understand. Them your feelings deceiving you. God don't understand that. Because God can't understand you cheating with another man or another man. Why? No, God don't understand that. You don't got your feelings all messed up. If loving you is wrong, that's what the songwriter said. That's the feeling part. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If being right means dead without you, I'd rather be wrong than right. Right. Listen to what the psalm said. Friends tell me there's no future in loving a married man, but if I can't be with him when I want to, I'll be with him when I can. That is the flesh. That ain't nothing but feelings. You can't be in love with somebody else's husband and somebody else and think that you're going to please the Lord. You are out of God's will. Those are fleshly feelings. Proverbs 3 and 5 said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Is anybody in the house? 
trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So what that means, trust God. Now do it God's way. Well, not, not part of your heart, but all your heart. Because your understanding is going to deceive you. Because your understanding is going to tell you go another way. Your understanding is going to tell you, no, I, I, I leave her because she's not the right one no way. You didn't marry, you didn't marry your real. Because you, when man come telling me, the guy come telling me, I'm like, the devil is a lie. Now, you might deceive somebody, you're not going to deceive me. But the Lord told him, here he got about five kids. A good wife ain't doing nothing but walking faithful with the Lord and faithful with him. So the Lord told him to leave her because he didn't marry the right one and she wasn't his real. And here he is with five kids with her. Now all of a sudden he found out out of five kids that she ain't his real. You see how the seek for Satan is? You see how he'll deceive you? Have you going in the wrong direction because he found some young girl that he liked now and she's the right one? Now he knows she's the right one, but the other one five. Other woman ain't because she got five kids by now. But I let him know that you need to go in back to your prayer closet. You need to go back and listen to that voice that talked to you because it sure was not God. Proverbs 28 and 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Listen to this, Proverbs 28 and 26. Do you not know you can trust in your own mind and say that actually thinking that you got you thinking you right? And that's what's going on with a lot of people now that are prejudiced. We got different races and different nationalities, black and white and many other colors, Jews and many other colors. People that are jealous against the Jews, people are jealous against black folks. People are prejudiced. And they're in their own mind. They're thinking that they're even using the Bible, got the Bible backing them up. They're even thinking that it's right for them to hate black. They're thinking it's right for them to hate Jews. They're thinking it's right for them to hate Indians. They're thinking it's right for them to hate Hispanics. And then they got the Bible and the cross up, and they're falling there, and they're trusting them. Some of the Lord got them back and talking about God is on their side. And it's God's will for them to do this. It's God's will for them to hate these people, but it ain't God's will. How how to see we can be. How misled we can be, thinking that that feeling that we're in is of the Lord, when it's ain't of God. It's far from God. God ain't got nothing to do with it. And then we got, they said, whenever, they said, whoever trusts in the Lord, whoever trusts in his own mind, listen, you're not in the mind of God, you're in your own mind. Be led by your own mind. Be led by your own feeling. And God ain't got nothing. He said, you're a fool. That means you're going to make foolish mistakes, foolish decisions. You're going to do something that ain't godly. Then Jeremiah 17 and 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Talking about the heart now. A heart that don't have God in it. A heart that is not led by the Spirit. A heart that is not led by faith. A heart that is led by emotion. A heart that is led by somebody else's counseling that ain't godly. The Bible says it is a seekful and desperately seek. Who can understand that heart? Who can understand that heart? There was the scripture saying, ain't that sad? It said, who can understand it? Our feelings are no different than that, than that saying. They're especially changed by people and circumstance. 
One moment you could be happy, reading a book in your favorite chair, and a few minutes later, be angered by the trail of mud your dog just bought in. Listen, you said now, to the happy you could be reading a book. You don't mop the floor, and you know you got the floor looking clean, and somebody over there doing the dog can run and the floor with mud on it. Now here you, you the same person that was happy a few moments ago. Now you're cussing. Now you're acting crazy out of your character when all you had to do was take a mop and mop up the mud that the dog brought on the floor. you cutting the dog out. you cutting the dog over the door out and let the dog in. You may have felt down. You may have felt down when you first woke up this morning. But after an invigorating run with your favorite music playlist, your day is looking a lot brighter. See how I flickle, how I feel it off? Look, you woke up feeling bad. And now you went out and took you a little run, put your little music up to your ear, and now all of a sudden you're the same person you were when you woke up now feeling bad. Now all of a sudden you're feeling, you feel different. You see how feelings are? Feelings are controlled by circumstance. Feelings are, closed, uh, feelings are controlled by, by, by happening, or by the things we say, by the things we do, by the people that we are around. And feelings can change from one moment to another. But what we got to do is quit letting feelings change and control our feelings. Don't let your feelings change. Listen, don't let your feelings change you, but you change your feelings. Maybe I should say it like this. Don't let your feelings control you, but you control your feelings. Our feelings also can be influenced by others. A speaker can make you feel passive about a new social justice need. A worship leader can make you feel like God's presence. It's all around you. A pastor can make you feel guilty. A friend can make you feel happy again. A salesperson can make you feel anxious that you don't have the latest product. Our feelings are so easily influenced and changed by words, action, and tone. You hear me? And that's why God wants us to get in control of our feelings and walk by faith. Hook your feelings up to faith and quit turning your feelings up to emotion. Hook your feelings up to faith and not by emotion and circumstances, so that God can direct your feeling. So what? You're mad. We all get mad. That's why he said be angry and sin not. Anger is a feeling. It ain't no such thing that you ain't going to get angry. We all get angry. We all get enraged. Well, you got to come on back down and let God have his way. That's why the scripture said, be led by the Spirit. Be angry and sin not. It's impossible for you to be so angry, but yet not sin. Yet bring, bring that anger under control. This is where we can see the falling of trust in our feelings. How can you rely on something to inform you that is always swaying? We wouldn't take confidence in a leader if he was always second-guessing and changing the plan of action. Why would we trust your feelings? Why would we trust your feelings any better uh, than they are certain and they are poorly informed. Nobody's going to trust nobody and follow nobody who feels it up today and down tomorrow because they're unstable. They don't know what, what they don't know. They don't know what they, what they feel. They don't know what to say. And, 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 and our feeling, our feeling, a sin will affect our feeling. So that's why we have to try to walk according to God's word, walk according to, in, in the spirit, walk according to the Bible so that our feeling won't be affected by our sin. Because of the fall of our entire being, it affected by sin, our bodies decay, fail, and die. And our hearts are corrupted. Our hearts is 
desire that which is sinful, and we must always be fighting against that. Remember, our heart desires that because we were falling from Adam. Remember I talked about the Adamic nature? Because we still have the Adamic nature. Paul said there's a war going on inside us. There's two people in us. It's a Jesus in us, and then we got our Adamic nature in us. And Paul said we ought to be so careful to control that Adamic nature, that Adam, that fall of Adam is still on the inside of us. And our heart rather do wrong than do right. That's why Paul said when we decide to do good, he was always present. Our feelings always our feelings are always there to do the wrong thing. But God wants to walk by faith. See when you walk by faith you're not walking by feelings. Because your feelings is caught up in that dynamic uh, in the flesh. And it is all we want to do wrong. We must always be fighting against that. Paul himself write about this battle we have with the flesh. For I do not understand my own action, Paul said, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very things I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, won't, but the evil that I do not want is what I, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. That's what Paul said, and that is just simple. And you know that, how you make up your mind that you ain't going to do, you get your New Year resolution, you say you ain't going to do this no more, you ain't going to do that, but I ain't going to smoke no more, I ain't going to drink tonight, you smoking more cigarettes than you smoked before you said that. You smoking more, drinking more liquor now, and before you say you're going to quit because you triggered something. You triggered the other you in you. You triggered that, uh, that damn nature. You triggered that fleshly nature that don't want to start smoking, don't want to start drinking, don't want to start cheating, don't want to start lying. You triggered that whatever you think you weren't going to do it no more. And you come up with that new year resolution, and now here you are, you got a greater desire to smoke, a greater desire to do wrong, than you had before you made that statement. Because Paul said, that that I would do, I find myself not doing. And that that I suppose to do, I don't do. And that I said I won't go do, that I do. In other words, I said I won't go sin no more. I, I, I won't go lie no more. I won't go curse no more. I won't go cheat no more. I'm going to pay my tithes now. And now you ain't paying your tithes. Don't worry the last time you pay your tithes. Because... There's a, there's a war going on. There's another you on the inside of you. You got two people in your house. You got the old you and the new you. The old you is of Adam and the new you is of Christ Jesus. So there's a war going on. And when you decide to do good, evil is always present. The evil is the other you. The evil is the other you that is there that want to go back to smoking, want to go back to drinking, want to go back to clubbing. We want to go back to smoke and doing them things that the flesh do. That's what the old you want to do. And you got to keep them at bay by the power of the Holy Spirit, by by the grace of God. you got to walk by faith. And even when the feelings come, try to make you walk in the flesh, you you got to tell that devil, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. I, I, I am going to overcome this. I, I, I'm not going to smoke no more. I'm not going to drink no more. I'm not going to the club no more. I'm not hanging out with the guys no more out there in the world. God told me to come out from among them. Be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So remember, as I close, that every day, every moment, every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, as long as you live, 
when you get up in the morning, you got to get up with a faith mind. You got to get up knowing that God is going to make a way somehow. You got to know that God's going to bring you out of this sickness. He's going to bring you out of this poverty. He's going to bring you out of this, this whatever's happening in your marriage or your husband and your wife, whatever happening on your job. God's going to give but he's going to do it. That's what the faith is for. He said the just shall live by faith. You've got to keep the faith until God do it. How long should I keep the faith, Pastor, until God do it? How long until God do it? However long it takes God to do it. You keep the faith until he do it. And then when you run up against something to help, keep the faith until he do that too. Because he's a, he, he's a faithful God. He says every man be a liar and let God be the truth. Precious Father, we come to you this afternoon. Thank you for the message. Letting us know, God, that we got to live by faith and not by feeling, not by emotions, not by compassion, not by affection, not by our successes, but we got to be lived by your spirit, Lord. And we got to live by faith every day, knowing, God, that you don't make no mistake. Bring us for the misleaders now. Knowing that, God, that your way is the right way. And whatever you say, God, that's what we got to do with that question. Because we know that you're not going to mislead us. You didn't lead Moses. You didn't mislead David and Daniel and all the boys of old. And you're not going to leave us, God. You're faithful, God. You should let every man be a liar and let God be the truth. So we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. And we magnify your name. We glorify you, God. Because you are God and Messiah, you is no other. We ask that this message not go out and come back for us. But accomplish what it's about to do. And somebody will be triggered in their mind and in their spirit to get out of their feelings. To get out of the emotion. And the wife will quit trying to fix it herself and let God fix it. The husband will quit trying to fix it himself and let God fix it. Yet we might seem like we know what to say, we know what to do, and we know how to do it, and we make a mess every time, God. So I pray, God, that we will give it to you. And you said in all our ways of knowledge, you will direct our path. So I pray that we'll give it to you, Lord, because we know if we give it to you, everything's going to be all right. This we pray and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. You have just heard from Apostle Alexander Lockamy. You can hear him on Thursdays from 7 o'clock a.m., I mean 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. That's Monday through Fridays. Again, that's the Fivefold Ministry, Monday through Fridays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., here in the United States, Eastern Standard Time. God bless you again. Treat somebody with love, with respect, as well as yourself. And God bless you and be blessed. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.